The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix podcast. Tune in today. and welcome to Actually Interesting, a podcast series about artificial intelligence brought to you by Microsoft. I'm Russell Brown. Real talk, this is sometimes a challenging gig. I've been writing and talking about technology for a quarter of a century, and even I sometimes struggle to get my head around the nature and implications of AI. Hopefully, as I work through it, you'll come along too. Well, the news is there's been a big knowledge drop. Towards our intelligent future, an AI roadmap for New Zealand is a mother of a report. 180 pages covering everything from trends and investment and government policy to what the different and emergent forms of AI actually are. It's the work of the AI Forum of New Zealand and several research partners, and it contains more than we can cover in a single episode of this podcast, although it will certainly inform future episodes. But for an overview, I'm delighted to be joined by AI Forum Executive Director Ben Reid. Welcome, Ben. Hi, Russell. Good to and, be here. And congratulations. This is quite a document. Thank you. Yes, uh, look, it's been um, the, the, it's a result of a number of um, months, quite a few months of parallel work, work streams by um, uh, our research partners. And uh, also, you know, the, one of the roles of the AI Forum is to um, bring together the whole AI ecosystem here in New Zealand. So um, we've had lots of contributions and from uh, our members um, and particular people on our working groups as well. Who, who's it aimed at? Who's the audience? Um, that's a really good question. Um, the, I think the, the, it's aimed at a generalist audience, right? So often people come to the concept of artificial intelligence, you know, from a number of different directions. And so whether it's really when they've seen some talking faces, um, on the TV or whether they're hearing about robots taking all our jobs and some of the, um, the, you know, more negative, uh, connotations of, of the technology. And so what we're really aiming to do here is to present you know what AI actually is in uh, 2019 and um, to really you know present some of the opportunities for New Zealand so you know this isn't just around um, the you know the amount of change of technology but there's some real um, you know sort of low-hanging fruit if you like that uh, that can opportunities for New Zealand that we can um, have by leveraging this new technology yeah I, I appreciate appreciated in particular that the explainers there are, there are really good clear, not dumbed down, not simple, but but you know, very nicely written explainers of what the different forms are. Was it was that something that you really felt strongly should be in there? Absolutely, um, yeah, and really consciously right at the very beginning. I think uh, you know one of the challenges um, that uh, in New Zealand and around the world is um, for a general to build a general understanding. Um, of uh, AI um, th throughout the general population. Um, there's a great example of an initiative in uh, Finland, um, for example, where they've 
created a free online course, um, and they're aiming to basically uh, run 1% of the population through that this year. Um, and that includes, uh, you know, the politicians, that includes uh, business leaders and general public, but also actually people in, in prison populations as well. So I think, you know, the opportunity for New Zealand is to just raise the general understanding um, of AI and to, um, you know, scaffold up uh, how we can then look forward to the applications. So how can we get a line of sight from you know, how can we apply AI to some of New Zealand's sort of high priority objectives today? And this follows a report last year uh, which called for a national AI strategy, which there's still no sign of. <laughs> uh, are the decision makers listening? Um, they're beginning to, yeah. Um, just last week, actually, um, a group of us from the AI Forum presented to uh, the Select Committee on Economic Development, Science and Innovation. Um, and that was, uh, you know, the first time that I think AI is being considered um, by uh, Parliament. Um, I think it's a really positive sign. Um, we're obviously, you know, waiting to see what um, where the sort of focal point of technology strategy, I guess, digital strategy from um, from a government pers perspective, uh, given that there wasn't a CTO appointed last year, um, you know, where that's going to land. I think, you know, the role of the forum is just to continue to inform the debate and to really give people the tools, policymakers the tools that they can make informed decisions. Yeah, the, the, there's a section in this one called an AI roadmap for New Zealand. Uh, and I was quite struck by the fact that it doesn't talk about technology that much. It talks about outcomes. It talks about well-being and sustainability. I, w I presume that was deliberate. Yes, totally deliberate. Um, I think the, the, just going back to what we were saying about general understanding, um, people aren't always aware that, um, these technologies, AI technologies, are actually around us completely um, ubiquitously ubiquitously today. Just for example, when um, you're online shopping and uh, you get a recommendation, other people um, that bought this bought uh, another uh, item. Um, and so, you know, we the fact that AI technology is around us in the consumer services that we are um, uh, consuming all the time, and but people don't see how that can extend to. Um, you know, some of New Zealand's highest priority objectives. So um, when you think about, you know, the number of people that are dying on our roads uh, still today, the numbers, you know, go up uh, year on year still. Um, the number of people that are dying from cancer in New Zealand, the challenges we have around, you know, conservation of the environment, for example, um, you know, er eradicating invasive pests uh, or uh, wilding pines is an example that we use in the, in the report. So, um, you know, and with the government's pro focus on, well-being um, as a the well-being framework as really setting um, objectives for how uh, you know what New Zealand needs to be working towards and um, so what we've tried to do in this report is to you know show how in a tangible way how AI can potentially be lined up against New Zealand's objectives so it's not it is obviously a tool for increased productivity for efficiency in business for augmenting us um, with tools to do more in the, t uh, in the time available but um, we're but we also want to present it um, in a way that, you know, AI is a tool that New Zealand can use and differentiate itself internationally to achieve um, these well-being objectives that we've all got in front of us. Well, it, it's interesting because I think a lot of us have some vague idea that there's AI behind you know, recommendations on Netflix, for example. That's quite a, you know, it, it's a common example. But I suspect a lot of people don't know that ACC um, does its claims processing with an AI system based on a data set of 12 million claims, you know, going back years. That's and right. And it seems to work. Yeah, that's a case study. Um, and so this is a way for ACC to manage its caseload, if you like, um, and to improve the efficiency. So they've created some algorithms and they've published those algorithms um, uh, publicly. 
that uh, that enable them to basically look through the claims and if they um, reach us if they're below a certain threshold um, then they'll be automatically approved and so you know that's just one example of how you know these um, algorithmic technology uh, technologies and techniques can be used to just Im- improve you know in- efficiency in our organizations in, in business terms are there identifiable niches where that, that could be could be good for New Zealand are there areas where we have a head start so in the report we um, identify a number of really exciting AI startups that are coming through. Um, so you've probably heard of uh, Soul Machines and a company called uh, Unique, which used to be FaceMe. Um, and so, you know, they're doing really exciting stuff around uh, creating digital humans, if you like. So this is uh, putting a face on top of a chatbot and enabling a conversational interface with emotional intelligence. So that could be used for customer service uh, and for, you know, actually digital employees as well as, as use cases they're looking at. Um, so, you know, th- these two companies are actually world leaders in what they do internationally and have, and have uh, been selling that technology all over the world. And that's just coming out of uh, Auckland here. Um, you know, other companies such as Robotics Plus in the agriculture space have been doing um, amazing work. That's actually a great example of how industry and uh, academic research can be uh, can work in partnership. And so uh, Robotics Plus have taken this machine vision technology and robotics technology out of the universities and CRIs in, uni- in New Zealand and, you know, really and raised some capital into that and started uh, creating uh, apple, uh, apple sorters and, uh, you know, working also in kiwi fruit, uh, fruit picking robots as well. So, you know, those are particular um, opportunities for, you know, our businesses to take you know, AI smarts that we've got here um, in New Zealand and take it offshore and sell it into international markets. That's actually something I was wondering about because we do have quite a long history of of technology being driven by our primary industry. So you think that that's partly where the potential lies in New Zealand? Yeah, look, I, th- I think that's right. I think, you know, what we have with our agriculture sector here is, um, you know, an established base of, of knowledge and, and increasingly data around how to uh, create food for the 10 billion people that are going to be on the planet in a few years, in a few decades time. Um, And so, you know, that is an opportunity. Um, I think, you know, what we've highlighted in the paper is in the report is um, the importance of data. Um, And so, you know, the more data that that you have, you can train the machines and the the algorithms are smarter and make better predictions and better insight and present better insights. Um, and so the agriculture sector right now needs to go through um, a transformation, a data transformation, if you like. That commercial data that we've got there needs to be unlocked. One of the concepts that we um, talk about in the report is that of a data trust. And this is where you know commercially sensitive data from a number of stakeholders can be pooled under a legal structure called a data trust, which enables collective outcomes from that data. And so, you know, an example of that, I'm just thinking about the tourism sector, for example, often, you know, they're being undercut by international competition. So, you know, the Airbnbs, the um, uh, booking.coms, for example, who've got better models, better pricing models of where based on, you know, where tourism demand is going to be. So could the New Zealand tourism sector create um, data of national significance, if you like. We talk about roads of national significance, but data of national significance in a way that enables tourism operators here, um, maybe similar to a Zespri or a Fonterra in some ways, to manage data across that tur- tourism sector and give you know New Zealand tourism operators a competitive advantage. Uh, th- that's interesting because this is something I know a little bit about from my other podcast uh, <clears throat> about the Internet of Things. Um, I, I think we're entering a period where farms in particular are going to be generating an, an enormous amount of data in a way that we've never seen before. So 
part of that is actually capturing it and using it. Capturing it and, and using it uh, effectively and, and understanding the opportunities that we can get. Um, one of the near-term opportunities um, is driven by the sheer amount of um, aerial and satellite data that's starting to be produced around the world. There's a fantastic company out of Christchurch called Orbica who are specialists in what they call GeoAI. So this is analyzing geospatial um, and satellite and aerial uh, photography to extract features and effectively uh, count the number of houses, for example, or count the number of vehicles or um, identify you know, water bodies from, from the air. And these are, um, these are things that used to take people days of manual analysis to do and now it can be run through an algorithm in seconds um, and really increases the you know the productivity and what can one actually do with that data so um, you know from a farming perspective you can just imagine that you can uh, run an analysis from a drone flying across your vineyard for example and uh, you know run a prediction on the yield that you're going to get this year and yet on the other hand there's also noted in this report um, the way things are shaping up globally is this enormous research and investment duopoly uh, mm. which is China and the U.S., uh, almost to the point where you wonder whether, whether there is space for anyone else. Uh, look, I think what we've seen is, um, and you know, we cover it in the report, just an enormous ramping up of investment, uh, private equity investment into um, AI companies over the last five years. Um, and the vast majority of that has been in the U.S. and China. Um, I think what that leaves an opportunity for the rest of us to you know, identify our own niches, um, and, you know, the technology sector in, in New Zealand, of which AI is part, is is thriving, right? Um, you know, we've got growing uh, companies that are, you know, creating AI-driven technology. And then we've got established companies, you know, for example, Zero is, you know, is building AI technology underneath its services as well. Um, so, look, I, I, I think, you know, New Zealand's always been a niche player internationally um, with technology. And I think AI is no different. We just need to go find our niches. Um, and then what we're suggesting, you know, within this report is, you know, why don't we find a, a global niche in creating AI-driven solutions to some of the world's biggest well-being and sustainability uh, problems? The report also makes a strong argument for regulation of AI in various areas. Um, what would that cover? Can you explain a bit about what regulation would look like? Yeah, so just for example, when you've, we've obviously aware of, um, you know, uh, scandals such as the Cambridge Analytica Facebook um, events of the last few years where uh, due to uh, a lack of regulation um, uh, you know personal and private data um, was shared and then th that uh, data was able to be mined and uh, insights derived from it um, so you know that's an example of you know some of the requirements that are, that are emerging um, that that will require regulation you have data sort of flows across borders um, and some of the global technology companies that are you know working with this data really actually are asking um, actively asking for some kind of regulatory framework because they, they don't actually want to you know necessarily be responsible for for, for making those ethical judgments um, you know on their own this is something we actually touched on in the the last episode of this podcast um, <clears throat> that the big companies are explicitly recognizing that these are powerful technologies and they need an ethical framework and you know, Microsoft and Google are both doing mm. that. Is it something that governments need to pay attention to as well? Absolutely, and I, I think there's there's two um, levels of that. So obviously, on a national level, um, to have a regulation that's consistent 
with uh, you know the regulations that are happening um, around the world. Uh, for example, the GDPR, um, global uh, the General Data Protection Regulation out of Europe, has become a de facto standard internationally, and New Zealand's privacy law could you know really be pulled in that direction. Um, and you know how do governments actually skill up? So how do policymakers um, understand the technology in order to make you know good policy decisions? Um, that's an area that we've really focused on in this report is and we've actually created a you know first cut of a policy map if you like which shows just across you know lots of portfolios in government you know how AI may intersect with some of those decisions some of the um, you know the academic work that's been done in this space really talks about instead of regulating the AI technologies themselves which are evolving at an incredible pace and which are you know um, which, which can be used in many ways, that we actually look instead of regulating the technology, but regulating the applications in each domain. And so I think policymakers need to have a basic understanding of what the technologies can do and then look at how that applies to the domain that they're working in. That, that's actually been quite a, a good principle for the last sort of few decades for regulating technology, hasn't it? Don't re regulate the specific technology, regulate the issues and the outcome. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the problem with regulating a technology, as I say, is that it moves so quickly. Um, that you, by the time you, you know the regulation has been put in place, and maybe the technology will have moved on, and you can think of you know examples. Um, just for example, genetic engineering is one that's right at the forefront um, here in uh, New Zealand right now. Um, and then also, you, you actually possibly cut yourself off from the opportunities uh, from the new technologies by trying to restrict what can be done with them. There, there is, it would be fair to say, a range of views on this at government level internationally. You've got Europe with the GDPR, data rights, privacy, and on the other hand, China, which is investing billions, mm. um, basically creating a surveillance state. Is the, is the world going to split along those lines? So there is commentary um, about these AI superpowers, if you like, and so a sort of bifurcation of technology ecosystems um, of the internet, really, uh, you know, along Chinese uh, and, the, you know, the Western lines. Um, personally, I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic. I mean, part of the role that I do involves talking to people doing similar work around the world. And I think, especially in the AI ethics space, we've seen this is almost AI diplomacy um, that's happening uh, where, you know, the, the AI ethics work that's being done in China is now sort of butting up against the, uh, you know, more uh, principles-based um, uh, work that's being done in the West. And so personally, I'm quite optimistic that you'll see, um, you know, the two traditions sort of uh, work out their differences and, you know, come up with a, a framework that works for all, all the way around the world. And I think New Zealand's got a good um, opportunity to really facilitate that discussion. So you're, you're proposing that, that we be actively involved in, <coughs> in this discussion and not just sit back and see how it plays out? I think we have to be. I think, you know, given our position, you know, geographically and economically and that we face both ways, you know, we're, we've got security partners uh, with the US and, and the Five Eyes and then we've also got, a, you know, a trading partner um, in, in China. And so I think, you know, New Zealand has to, uh, you know, facilitate dialogue in that way in, in our um, multilateral tradition. Uh, the report also in the investment section does also that perhaps we're going through a hype cycle with AI. Uh, do, you, do you think that's true? And how far through the cycle are we before we get on to, you know, being sensible? <laughs> that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Um, yes, there is commentary that uh, you know there, there is there has been a bubble, an AI investment bubble. Um, but I think when you see um, 
you know, the results that some of the largest technology companies have experienced in the last, you know, five years, for example, that's largely been driven by application of AI to huge data sets um, and mining that mainly for advertising uh, use cases um, and, and retail online retail use, use cases. Um, I think that, that, you know, the technology that they were using five years ago is now open source and available to be used um, by all industries around the world. So I think, you know, the cost, the barrier to entry is much lower in 2019 than it was uh, four or five years ago. And I think that's really the opportunity now is how do we, you know, take the technology that's previously only worked uh, for, you know, global advertising or retail businesses and apply that to tourism, to agriculture, to our financial services industries. Yeah, I, I'm quite struck by, again, going back to the tone in the report where you're not just talking about selling advertising or capturing clicks. You are, you're talking about making a, a better country and a better world, aren't you? Absolutely. Um, well, what happens now? Well, you know, the, the, the report's out. Um, it, it's big. There's a lot in it. There's plenty to digest. What do you hope happens from here? So I think since we released the Shaping a Future New Zealand report last year, um, and you know one of the major recommendations in that was for New Zealand to advance towards a national AI strategy, um, like 20 other of our peer nations have done. Um, so we'd like to see more movement towards that. This report's a real call to action. Um, so we don't see that uh, you know we need to wait for this AI strategy to arrive, um, and that we can actually get on and you know focus on applying these new technologies, which, as I say, have uh, commoditized and are op available now open, as open source frameworks um, to be used by you know pretty much anyone uh, that can download them. Um, so we see you know the opportunity to you know let's go and find some um, you know major well-being outcomes that New Zealand wants to look at. We've identified a, a number of examples, but for example, how could we use AI to reduce the number of road deaths in New Zealand? Right. So how could we create take together? How could we take the data sets? That, um, how could we take traffic data? Uh, road accident data, uh, weather data, and all these other data sets that actually impact upon road safety. And how can we uh, combine that together into a national predictive model of road accidents? And then how can we put that in the hands of drivers so that when I'm you know, driving down the road at a time when there's fog, when there's high traffic, when the roads are icy and slippery and I'm approaching a busy junction, that I get a warning that, uh, that now is the time you might want to slow down. Um, this is all you know, actually really achievable. And, could act and there's evidence out of um, Nevada where they've done a trial on a highway here where they've taken uh, road accidents down by about 17%. So I think you know, the, the, we've got other examples in there. Um, for example, you know, breast cancer screening. So how can we use AI to improve detection uh, and, and predict the outcomes from, from uh, screening there? Um, and how can we apply it to you know, any of our conservation goals? So I think what we'd like to see is uh, you know, industry and government and iwi and the, uh, you know, the amazing research that's happening in New Zealand's universities around AI and how can that be leveraged in partnership you know, for some of these, uh, you know, big goals um, and advanced New Zealand's well-being outcomes. Well, those are noble goals. Best of luck with it, Ben. Thanks very much, Russell, and thanks for having me. Ben Reid of the AI Forum of New Zealand discussing the new report Towards Our Intelligent Future. You can download that report from the forum's website at aiforum.org.nz. And if you enjoyed this episode, you may also like my other tech podcast about the Internet of Things. You can find that on the Spark website at spark.co.nz forward slash IOT. For now, thanks to Ben Reid for joining us, to Tina Tiller for the production, and to Microsoft for making it all possible. 
We'll be back soon on Actually Interesting with more important ideas to mess with your head. Until then, enohora. for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.